Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 20, How Knowing Your True Nature Creates Change with Natasha Swerdloff. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend Natasha Swerdloff in this episode. Natasha is a teacher of this new paradigm. She works with businesses, she works with individuals, and she's co-written a book um, called Coming Home, which I'll link to in in the notes here. Um, incredible book, such a great, deep book about what we're really looking at here in this new paradigm. And I really love this conversation with Natasha because she talks about awareness. Listen for how she she speaks to that part of us that has always been there. It's subtle, it's quiet, it doesn't say anything. It's there kind of in the background. But there there is an awareness. Like what in you is aware of what you're thinking, of what you're feeling, of what's going on? Don't just stop with what you're thinking and feeling and what's going on, right? That's our psychology. But what's aware of your psychology? That awareness is the exact same awareness that is you, that's been there, that is who you are from the moment you've been born. When you were two years old, when you were 20 years old, when you were 50 years old, that awareness has never, ever changed and everything else has. And by by seeing more about us as that awareness and stepping into that that place, Natasha and I explore in this episode how that that is change. Like it's it's crazy to say it that way. It's still crazy for both of us, even though we've seen this with so many people over the years and seen it with ourselves. But that that being in that place, being aligned with and looking toward who we really are it changes everything. It puts us in a position to see new things and do new things and have a completely different experience without having to jump into our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and manipulate and change them. So I love Natasha. I hope you do too and enjoy this episode. Hi, Natasha. Thanks so much for being here. It's great being here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's great to talk with you. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to just kind of explore and see where this conversation goes. And I'd love to hear first, let's just hear a little bit about you in terms of like how things looked to you before you came across this new understanding and paradigm, like what you were doing in your work and, and in your life. And then just kind of the, the main things, I'm sure there are many, many, but the main things that have kind of shifted and changed for you. Well, my background is as a psychotherapist, so I was had my own practice and worked as a psychotherapist for many years, and besides that, I was working in businesses. As a psychotherapist, I felt like I was Sherlock Holmes. I would find out what's your problem, where did it come from, and how can we fix it? So all of my focus was going back in time, finding out what, what was wrong, who wronged you, and, and how could we add resources to that old you so that you could feel better in the now. And um, that, of course, shifted profoundly when I got in touch with the three principles in 2012. 
also my my work in in businesses uh, where I would kind of the same thing. I would look at what's the problem that the business is having and how can we add resources. So it wasn't so much about going back in time, but what kind of skills could businesses use today so that they would perform uh, better. So in terms of, of the way I work with people now, my understanding has given me the insight that nothing is wrong. There's nothing in the past that needs to be fixed, that the person that I'm speaking to is, is absolutely whole and, and healthy um, on a psychological level, but they need to maybe see something about their own spiritual nature that they haven't seen yet. So that becomes my, my um, what I'm pointing towards these days, simply to, to see, well, how can I help people um, shine a light on, on their own true nature? And in businesses, instead of adding skills to them, again, it's the same thing. So my work is much more aligned in that in businesses, it's also about having them see where their potential comes from, where their resources and, and efficiency really comes from, how they can be motivated without adding skills, but simply seeing where motivation comes from. So I really feel much more aligned in what I do, whether I do individual work today or work in businesses. Yeah, that's neat to hear how they've kind of come together, you know, that we're all human and we're looking toward the human in a sense. So business and people, not all that different. So when you say that helping people see that nothing's wrong, you know, people listening might be thinking, I mean, you're still called in, I, I assume I am too, because there's a problem or the, you know, there's something that someone wants changed. So how does that nothing wrong piece, like say a little bit more about that? Well, it's because the, the, our true nature, which some people call our soul, somebody call pure consciousness, the, the many names for it, is the part of us that's untouched by any experience or behavior or anything that's happened in our life. And because that piece of us, our essential nature is untouched, it can't be broken. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, on, on, a, on a behavioral level, and especially when we don't see that, which most of us don't a lot of the time, we think that the things that are troubling us are who we are. So we have a misguided identity or, or we see our identity as being my behaviors, my personality. Um, I know you work a lot with addictions and a lot of people will say, well, I am this or that. I have this addiction, but they will identify with the addiction as if it's them. And so by guiding people towards the piece of them that's their true self and that doesn't have an addiction, the addiction can fall away all by itself or the behavior, whatever it is, can fall away or the depression or marital problems is simply dissolve in the light of our true being. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And yet, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm putting myself in the mind of the listener too. Like, how does it dissolve? So it's fun mm -hmm. to kind of ask these questions. And I'm like, ooh, I mean, not that I actually know the answer, but I love to hear like your answers. Yeah. So I get that. Like, okay, so we're, we're aligned with who we really are. We're seeing more about who we really are, which is health, which is resilience, which is all good things, everything we want. So then there's still this thing in the physical world. Let's dissect that a little bit more. Like how do people come to sort of see through the behavior that they're doing, for example? Well, let's say I, I, feel, I feel hurt. Right? I, somebody does something and I, I feel hurt. 
So then I might ask the, my, my client, where does the hurt feeling come from? And then they will start telling me about the, the behavior, the horrible behavior that somebody did. And I'll say, but where does your response come from? And what, I, when I, what I'm asking when I ask that question is, is it coming from your hurt ego? Or is it coming from a place of love? Because the place of love is always who we really are. And if it's the hurt ego, then the response is usually going to be, I want to, I want to revenge, we have to have a talk about it, I'm, I'm angry, there's not going to be all of these um, things that the person will want to do. But by pointing them towards the, their true self, where love and peace and compassion resides, they start to, as I point them towards that part of themselves, the behavior that the other person did kind of just dissolves. And, and when they can feel love come up in them, then the response back can come from that. So it's not that I say to people, you don't, don't have a conversation, but don't have it while your response is coming from your hurt ego. Wait until it's coming from a place of love and understanding. Yeah, that's so clear. And it and it makes clear also how I think so many of us think that the solutions to our problems are going to be like, we're going to see, oh, here's how this will resolve, like way off into the future, right? But that's not really what you're talking about and not really what we do. We help people just come home right now in this moment and see that from that place, it's a second by second, like in the moment, moment by moment unfolding of things, right? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I've, I've recently uh, explored is one of the questions that was always asked uh, in, in the three principles is, where do you think your experience is coming from? And so for, for many people, they'll say it's from, from another person. And, and the more you dive into the principles, you start seeing, oh, experience is created from thought. That's one aspect of it. But the question that I've recently been really fascinated asking people is, what is aware of your experience? Because the experience is created from thought, absolutely. But there's also an awareness in us that's always there as a companion to any experience. You wouldn't have an experience if you weren't aware of it. Yeah. So when people start seeing, oh, awareness always accompanies experience, it's a completely different question. And, and when I ask it, it's like they settle down immediately because they have to look within. If I say, where does your experience come from? Person immediately looks out, mm-hmm. at, le- at least when they're new to the principles. But if I say, what, what, what's aware of your experience? They kind of have to go inside. So immediately it creates a, a deeper feeling. And, and, and then when, they, when I can see in my client that they're starting to, to rest in that place of pure awareness, that's then what I can say. So looking at the hurt feeling or the, the horrible experience that you've had, looking from this place, how does that, what, what changes from here? And that's when things start to dissolve. That's when they start having insights into their own nature, into the other person's nature, into the innocence that both of them probably had in the experience. It's interesting because I think that um, shed some light on 
a, a common place that I see a lot of people go, like you said, especially kind of early on in this is, okay, I see that maybe I'm not looking outside and thinking that guy made my experience, but I know it's my own thinking, but now I'm mad at my own thinking. Like now this has to change. So are, we're not really seeing, like to say what you said, you know, okay, well, what's aware of your thinking? Again, it backs them off of that because we can turn our own thoughts into our neighbor or our partner. I mean, it's another, it feels like another external thing that now we need to change. So I love that. It takes them, it takes them back further and says, no, that's just another thing too. Like what's yeah. being created is another thing too, but what's, what's aware of it? Yeah. You know, it makes me think of a, um, a question I recently heard. Somebody brought this up in the, in the little school of big change this week. And, um, and this is just representative of so many things that I'm sure you've you've seen a lot um, of a woman who is in a really loving marriage, long term marriage, but they don't have a physical relationship and haven't for a very long time, and that's a big problem for her, and it isn't for him. And it's you know, I mean, that's just one example, but there's so many times when it's like I can hear that, and when I hear that from my mind too, and I see this woman hurting, and I want to help her. I don't know the answer. There's no clear compromise. They've been in therapy for years, duking it out. Like there is no, they're not seeing it. Neither one of them are and I'm not and you're not. Like we just don't see what you don't see. But again, that's what I love so much about where the change comes from and what you're speaking to too is it's like, oh, we just aren't seeing because we're just seeing through our own thinking. There's, a, there's another place. It's like we go home and like you said so well, we go home and then we see what what comes from that place. Yes, and, and when two partners in a relationship are both able to come home and, and look at the relationship from those eyes, then they'll have their own insights. And and I love what you said, Amy, about you know, sometimes as as the person being the helper, um, that I can feel when somebody presents me for me, like, oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. I don't know what the answer is. But I just love that my understanding of the principles have given me the ability to relax and go, well, you know what? It's not, that's above my pay grade. I don't have the answer to that, but they do. And I know that they do. And they feel my confidence in their own wisdom. And so all I do is help, for instance, if it's a couple, help them both see that. And they will come up with their own solutions, which I don't know what is. Some of them, they, they find, you know, their own methods of dealing with it. Some people, they, you know, leave each other. But it, even if that's the outcome, it's with love and peace in their heart as they leave. It's from the knowing that this is the right decision for both of us. So what would you say is the number one thing for people to see? Like if we're saying problems look different and we take action in the world and change happens as we see more of who we are. But like what's, I know we can't just boil it down to it's not a sentence. It's nothing like that. But can you speak a little bit about like if, yeah, if you have one thing, like what's the main thing that underpins our ability to change? I think when we start seeing that who we are cannot be broken, that our essential nature is always whole and is always there as the awareness behind every experience that we have. When people start seeing that, that really transforms their lives because they have identified with all the things that have been wrong with them for so many years that it kind of just takes so much pressure of them 
And for many people, when they start having glimpses into their own true nature, an inevitable side effect, it's not a side effect, but something that's inevitable for most of them, if I ask, is they feel much more joy and peace in their life. Well, if joy and peace is the inevitable outcome of understanding our true nature, then not understanding our true nature, not seeing it, not realizing it, is actually the cause of suffering. It's, it's, we suffer when we don't know who we are. We suffer when we think something on the outside can hurt us. I love Sid Banks' quote, there's nothing on the outside that can hurt us. There's nothing on the outside that can help us because there is no outside. And what he means is that everything arises in our awareness. All that we call experiences come and go. But the awareness that's aware of all of experiences is always present. It's the same awareness I had when I was 5, 15, 25, 35. It, that doesn't change, which is also why a lot of people will say that they feel like they're the same age. Um, I mean, I can see in the mirror that I'm older, but, but part of me just feels like a kid still. Yeah. Because the awareness that I had when I was 5 or 7 is the same awareness I have today at 48. So um, I think it's just that. It's really just pointing people towards an understanding of their true nature, helping them come home is, is really all I do these days in lots of different ways, using different metaphors, stories to help people see um, the truth of that. Even though I've seen it myself a million times too with different people, it's still so incredible that just looking, I don't want to even want to say looking away from from out there or from a problem, but like just seeing that for what it is, that's the moving, changing stuff and looking toward that part of you that has never changed from the moment you've been born, like what that clears up, you know, just yesterday, somebody was like, oh, but you're not validating our experience. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not about not validating experience. It's just about seeing experience is just experience. And, and it's always changing, like what doesn't, you know? So it is, it's so incredible that something that seems so subtle is really so profound and it's so universal. And also it doesn't need proof. We don't need scientific proof because I can say to anybody, are you aware right now? And they'll go, yeah. If they say, even if they say, no, I'm not. Well, are you aware of my voice? Well, yeah. <laughs> can you see me? Yeah. Okay, so you have awareness. Well, I guess, yeah. So it's not something mystical. It's very practical and it's very ordinary. Awareness is always here. We don't have to be enlightened to be aware. We are aware. I think the, 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 what we call enlightenment is simply a person who doesn't mistake their identity very often. I've heard that they sometimes do, but, but they're, they're more in the awareness of who they are most of the time, maybe even all of the time for some of them. So it's, it's really ordinary and any, everybody can quickly find out, yeah, this is true for me too. I am aware. And this awareness has always been right here, right now. We've never been anywhere else but the now. And we've never been anywhere else but here, wherever we've been. Yeah. And that's a, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see that so many of our moments of just contentment and joy and peace in life don't come from us doing or thinking or realizing anything. They just come from, from us just being engrossed in a bike ride or a book or with, with another person, you know? And, and it just really speaks to that. It's like this, you know, suffering is when we kind of don't 
remember who we are, but even that remembering, it's not an active thing. It's default. It's default. So it's like just being in the now, like you say, is that's, that's it. It's really realizing who we are in the moment. That it, it changes everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation, Natasha. This has been great. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you, Amy, for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. Please subscribe and leave a review so that others who need change can find their way here. If you want more on how change really happens, head over to dramyjohnson.com and grab the free PDF, Three Simple Ways to Break Free from Habits, Anxiety, and Addiction, even if you've already tried everything else.